0: Welcome to Convention Pulpit, Wesleyan Voices, Past and Present, brought to you through the Ministry of Inner Church Holiness Convention, www.ihconvention.com. The sermon on today's podcast is by Paul Lucas, and it was preached back in 1995, and it's titled, Will You Let God Revive You? I know you'll enjoy this sermon. thing about, I thank God every day I'm an old man. When I think of the alternative of being old, you either get older or you die. That's all. I thank the Lord that I'm old. Thank you, Dr. Miller and the faculty for inviting me. And we trust that we'll just mind the Lord. Now, I'm not there. I will never be near the Miller talked about and some of the friends that I have here said and I sat there and prayed for Dr. Miller and asked the Lord to help him not to exaggerate then I prayed and asked the Lord to help me not to enjoy whatever he said about it so (laughs) but it is good to be here we trust that the Lord will help us. Would you stand while we pray? Blessed Jesus, it's us again. Asking thee for that anointing that only you can give a preacher. And I pray you'll anoint each heart that's here to hear thy word. You know our hearts. We're not here to Make a reputation or to defend one. We're here to magnify the name of Jesus. And whatever ever, heart, that you're to hear thy word in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I'm going to take just a short text tonight that I assume that at least 95% of you can quote it from memory found in the 85th Psalm and the 6th verse. Wilt thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? I believe David was asking the Lord here for a revival. He said, Lord, you have given revivals in the past you can get one now. Now, you don't have to agree with everything I say, but I, I think you could ask different ministers in this audience tonight what they think the wholeness movement needs, and they would be many things they'd say, but I think the greatest need in the wholeness movement is a revival. Will you not revive us again, Lord? David probably was thinking of his youth when he was watching his father's flock. God helped him to kill a lion, helped him to kill a bear. And then when he went to take his brothers some food and saw this big giant Goliath, Walking backwards and forwards, cursing the people of God. David no doubt thought of how God helped him kill the lion and the bear. And he said, I'll take him on if no one else will. And David was thinking of those days and he said, Lord, will thou not revive us again? We need a revival. We have become dead in many of our churches. We've come dry. We hardly ever see a secret the altar. We have a five-night revival and you can't get all the church to attend five nights. We need a revival. Amen. I have seen revival. I was born in the church. My father was, was preached more than 71 years. He was preaching before I was born. And I've seen revivals. I've seen the power of God come in the church. And that's the need of today, is a revival. A revival of salvation is through the sanctifying of his people. Oh, for a revival of hard holiness, where men and women would really get sanctified holy. I believe God's still able to take the carnal nature out of a man or woman. Brother Hills, that's A.N. Hills, was that his initial? I asked old Dr. Godby, I was reading in one of Dr. Godby's books just a few weeks ago, and he asked Dr. Godby, how many people in the homeless movement do you feel is sanctified holy? old Dr. they said, if 10% is sanctified, I'd be amazed. I don't know. I, I cannot judge you. But I know this, that we need a revival. We no longer have our freedom. We're not free in the services. We're not free in our church. We have said in the pew, I don't think sin has caused us to lose the glory. You know what? I come from a... My father was an old-fashioned, radical preacher. He preached against everything that was in the book and a lot of things that wasn't in the book. He preached against that also. But in spite of all of that, he, he never had a split in his church. He never took a church that he didn't build. There's people here that know that when he was 66 years old, he went to the Garden City, of of Michigan, started a church there from the ground up and built a church. And it ran 250 to 300 every week for 25 years. I still believe, you know, the devil has got us believing it cannot be done anymore. The devil's got us preachers believing that it can't be done anymore that we have to stay small. I don't believe that. I believe there's as many people today that's hungry for God as there's ever been. And I believe that we can get a revival started in our churches. We'll see a movement of the Holy Ghost like we haven't seen for years. I was reading after the president of Moody Bible Institute He was talking about a revival that started in the schools this past spring. He said it started in Texas. And said the unusual thing about it is that it was a revival of people being saved from sin. And people being filled with the Spirit. Praise God. We have said in our queue, just let me ask you in your local church. How many times have they been singing an old song of Zion and you felt like you're standing and raising your hand? You looked around and no one else was doing it and you sit there. How many times have God done something for you and you felt like you should give him the praise? You looked around and no one else was testifying and you sit there. Well, I know that See, I can remember the old church. A lot of people wonders about anyone's age. Well, my daughter is the worst person that I know of to let anybody know how old she is. Her name is Sue. And she's in service with me a couple of months ago. And she said, Daddy, said, promise me you'll not tell my age. I said, I promise I was talking I said my oldest daughter's here she doesn't want anybody to know her age and I will never tell it I am 76 years old and I thank God and I said I was 22 when Sue was born but I'm not going to tell her age I didn't tell her age told mine but I can remember the old church When they had revivals and God came. Praise God. Little are going about the tabernacle over there that run the aisles. I was probably one of them. And every once in a while, I I tell the church where I'm preaching, I used to run the aisles, but I'm too old to do that. But I'm not too old to walk it. And so I walk around every once in a while. Praise God. I never want to get dead and dry and cold in my heart. And maybe you never have, but I never went to a ball game. I didn't shout. Yes, sir, I always got enthused. When I was backslid, I came to Cincinnati many times and watched the Cincinnati Bengals play. And I've seen 50,000 people shout over a drop pass. Yeah, Boomer Sison would throw a pass to Chris Collinsworth 50 yards down the field, and it'd be off the tip of his fingers. And 50 people would be standing up shouting over an inflated pigskin that was missed. But then when I get to thinking, that a God in mercy, that would take an old preacher that had been backslidden for 29 years, deep in sin, and then reached down in the book and the bar, and the clay, and pulled him out, uh, and set his feet on a solid rock. I've got something to shout about. Praise God. The McKameys sang a song. You may not like the McKameys. They're southern gospel. I guess the reason I, I like that group, my brother, Elwood, who's in heaven now, used to go with one of the McKameys down in Clinton, Tennessee, when Dad pastored there, and they sing a song that kind of just ministers to my heart. I've got my feet on the rock and my mind's made up. Though I walk through the lonely valley, though I drink from the bitter cup. I, when the devil comes and knocking, telling me there's an easier way, I throw my head right up in the air. I look him straight in the eye. I say my feet's on the rock. sanctifying of his people amen oh I know I've seen about everything that happened in the holiness movement I've seen people shout out of the spirit but I think for every person I've seen shout out of the spirit I've seen hundreds sitting on their feet out of the spirit amen praise God Last time I preached to my mother, I preached on holiness. On Sunday morning on St. John Street in Lima, Ohio, when my father pastored the Pilgrim Holiness Church there. And I had everybody to stand. And my mother started walking down the middle aisle. She's the first into the elder. Several came and I went down and knelt in front of my mother. I said, Mom, what are you doing here? You raised me. I know your life. I know how you lived. She looked at me and smiled. Her faces wet with tears. She said, Mom, if I've missed heaven, I've missed it all. I was saved when I was young. I've never been out in the world. I've never been to the shows and the theaters. And I've always dressed conservative. And if I miss heaven, I've missed it all. I haven't enjoyed anything in this world, and I won't enjoy anything in the other world. She said, I come up to tell the Lord if there's anything in my heart. There have been times when there's been trouble in the church and I might have felt a little something that I shouldn't have felt. And I came up here this morning to tell the Lord that he's the potter and I'm the clay. He can mold me any way he wants to, and if there's anything in my heart or life, I want him to take it out. Praise God. Two Sundays later, she went to church and came home and fixed a meal for her. My father and my brother Jay and my sister Genevieve, the rest of us was gone. She said to my sister Genevieve, she said, we're not going to do the dishes, we'll just bring them up and put them in the sink. I'm going in and sing a song and then I'm going to rest. When they got the dishes in the sink, she said, I'm going to sing a song. She went in and she couldn't play the piano like the folks here play. She used to play the old pump organ. And she got to where she couldn't pump it. So as a boy, I pulled my chair up beside of her and I did the pump and then she did the play. And we made good music, beautiful music. And my sister Genevieve said, Well, oh, I never heard anyone hit any more notes on a piano. Someone was going up and down and up and down and said, I ran in the living room to see the gun. And said, There's his mother. She was playing. And she ran back and started singing. They sang it tonight when peace like a river attended my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll. Whatever my lot thou was taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. And Genevieve said when she said it is well, she went high and made it well higher and made it well clear out the roof. She got up and took three steps. then she said, no. <coughs> Excuse me. No. I want to sing that wholeness verse. I never knew it's well with my soul, had a wholeness verse in it. But Mother did. She started singing, My sin. Not sins, my sin. Oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to His cross. And I bury no more. Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. She said, "I'm going to rest." Said she just got upstairs and she hollered, "Dad, could you come quickly?" Dad, come now. And my father said, "I jumped up and took two or three steps at a time." When I got up to the bedroom, she's standing there with her hands cup. Said, "Oh, blessed Jesus, don't take me out hard. Just let me go easy." And said, I walked up behind her and put my arms around her waist. And I said, now, Jesse, you'll be all right. I want you to come over here and lie down and I'll call the doctor. She said, no. Oh, sweet Jesus, just let me go easy. Don't let me go hard. She looked around at my father and said, would you do me a favor? He said, anything, mother Said, would you tell my boy preacher, Paul, that I'll meet him in heaven instead of at Christmas time? And she slumped in his arms. And was gone. And I, I think, Dr. Miller, for 29 years, I'd be walking the streets or in the wee hours of the night, I'd hear my mother say, Tell my boy, Preacher Paul. Tell my boy, Preacher Paul. And I, I got so lost, I didn't know how to get back. But thank God he came to me. Amen. battle of salvation is through the sanctifying of his people. Would you let God revive you again? Would you let God come into your heart and life in a revival? Would you be willing to take a revival back to your church? Would you be willing to let God revive you again that his people may rejoice in him? We sing showers of blessings. That won't get it done. We need a belly washer. Praise God! Yes, we do. We need a gully washer, and God's able to give it to us. Praise God! Well, I know that I don't expect, and I don't preach for for noise. I preach for people to mind the Holy Spirit. Some of the greatest services I have ever been in. Had been quiet. we are afraid to say anything, afraid to even to say praise the Lord, because the presence of God was so sacred and holy. We sat there and wept. That's what I want. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. The devil's robbed us of our liberty. We're tied down to one another. We're tied down to the opinion of people. Five years ago. I said to Troy. What thirty-five, forty miles north of here, Troy, Ohio, on seventy-five. Knows it's fine, it's fifty to date about eighty-five miles. To Troy. I was there in a meeting, and this night, if there's any old pilgrim holiness preachers here, you'll remember William Pratt. He was there. He was 97 years old. He had preached 76 years. And there was a brethren in Christ preacher there, full beard, no tie, beautiful man. And when I gave the altar call, William Pratt and Brother Orier and his wife both came to the altar. And i have known William Pratt, he and his father they had a home for fallen girls in Toronto, Indiana and also in Chicago and I got down in front of Brother Pratt and I said Brother Pratt, can I help you he looked at me and he said Brother Paul I was just thinking while I was preaching after these 76 years I don't want to miss it and I just came up to ask the Lord to just try to revive me. I never saw him again. He passed away this past January, 102 years old. I'm sure he made the landing. I went up to the end of the altar where Brother Orger and his wife was kneeling. And I said, Brother Orger, can I help you? He said, well, Brother Lucas I don't want to miss it. I said, Sister Orger, can I help you? She said, Brother Lucas, God saved me when I was six years old. And to the best of my ability, I've served me 91 years without a break. And I just came up to ask him if there was anything that needs to be done in my Christian experience. I went to my mother's funeral after she was at the altar just two weeks before, just two Sundays. I've often wondered, would she really been ready if she had the mind of God? These two sinners came out that morning and God gloriously saved them and they stayed true to God and just passed away recently. Every night in that meeting in Troy, Brother and Sister Oyer was at the altar. I would get down, and he would smile. His beard would be wet. And he'd say, oh, I do love Jesus, but I don't want to miss it now. He said, I've preached 76 years. And he said, that scripture kind of haunts me that after i preached to others, I've become a castaway myself. And I just come to talk to the Lord. The meeting closed on Sunday. On Wednesday they had their devotions. He was sitting in his easy chair, looked across the room to his wife. He said, "Mother, did you turn the radio on?" She said, "No." He said, "I hear music. You can hear it, can't you?" She. Well, he said, "You've got to hear it now, kid." When he said, Praise God, I see Jesus. I'm going home. And he slumped in his chair. Praise God. Brother Rice, the pastor, on Thursday evening, they went out with with her to view Brother Oyer for the first time. She walked up and patted him. Looked at Brother Rice and said, if he was sitting in his chair, I would declare he's asleep. That's the way he smiled at me when he said, I see Jesus. She leaned over and kissed him on the forehead and patted him and said, honey, it won't be long till I'll join you. he looked at Sister Rice and said, did, did the undertaker turn the music on? She said, no, there's no music on. She said, I hear music. I hear heavenly music. Well, praise God, I see Jesus. I'm going home. And Mother Sister Rice caught her before she hit the floor. But I, I, I wonder if postponed his barrels so they could bury them both together and what a great camp meeting praise God what a great camp meeting what would it take for God to revive you I've been singing that song today and you wouldn't want to hear me sing but I think brother Wolf was the greatest choir director I've ever seen band leader I, I, I think he's that, that I've ever seen but they have never blessed me as many times as I've blessed myself singing. And nobody's going to hear me. I woke up this morning and I got up and done a little dance right beside of my bed. I woke up singing that soul that on Jesus has leaned for repose. I will not, I will not desert to his foe. That soul all hell has endeavored to shake. I'll never, no, never forsake would you let God revive you I I, I wonder just what it would I I believe if we could get the church revived we'll see a revival but we'll never see a revival until we get on revival grounds sanctified, so they can have power Acts 1-8 says, After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, ye shall receive power. I do not believe we're supposed to seek power. We're supposed to seek the blessed spirit. Praise God. I feel just led of the Lord to quit now. Thank you for listening to Convention Pulpit, a ministry of inner church holiness convention featuring Wesleyan voices past and present. For more sermons or for more information, visit www.ihconvention.com. This ministry is made possible through the financial support of our listeners. Keep passing it on, keep passing it on, keep passing it on.